0: Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. I want everyone to understand this afternoon that, as important as it is, it will not be the lack of night, nor the lack of pain, sickness, suffering, or death. That will make that time and place so glorious. It will not be as important as it is. It will be Jesus. I don't know about you this morning, but I can see him. And as through my mind's eye, I look at Jesus this morning. Everything else fades into nothingness. It is all about Jesus. Scholars have tried over the years. And even within the paradigm of Christianity, with its hundreds of denominations and thousands of sub-denominations, in its complexity, and sometimes we find in its expression of who Jesus is, they have failed. This morning, though, it is my great privilege to present to you, from the word of God, Jesus of Nazareth. If you have your Bibles with you, turn again with me to our scripture reading. Our scripture reading, we find from the gospel according to Luke. Luke chapter 2, this morning we read from verses 46 through 52. The gospel according to Luke, chapter 2, verses 46 through 52. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt? Thus dealt with us, behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, how is it that he sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. and, And he went down with them and came to Nazareth. And was subject unto them, but his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Verse 52. And Jesus. And Jesus, my friends, increased in wisdom and statue and in favor with God and man. Our message this morning, Jesus. Jesus. Let us pray, our Father in heaven, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strong, my rock, my strong tower, and my redeemer. Amen. And Jesus increased in wisdom and statue and in favor with God and man. When we look at the historical record presented here in the Bible of the great men who stood as living examples of righteousness by faith, none, not one, surpasses that of Jesus of Nazareth. We have here in this gospel, the gospel of Luke, the only chronicled record concerning our blessed Savior from his infancy to the day of his showing at his baptism at age 30. Wonderful, we find, my friends, in its significance, is the brief record we have here of his early life. The Bible tells us clearly that this child, Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, grew and waxed strong in spirit. And we find here that at the age of 12, we learned that Jesus was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. His mind, one writer says in Desire of Ages, was active and penetrating, with a thoughtfulness and wisdom beyond his years. Yet, despite his intellectual achievement, the record states that his character was beautiful. It was beautiful in symmetry, the writer says. The powers of mind and body developed gradually. In keeping with the laws of childhood. Desire of Ages, page 68, the second paragraph. In other words, what this writer is telling us is that Jesus grew and matured gradually just like any other child does. This is very important for us to understand this morning. And some will argue against this. That no, Jesus was different from all of us where intellectual achievement is concerned there's a manuscript that was circulating in the second century uh, written by someone who called himself uh, thomas the israelite claiming that jesus uh, did many miracles as a child the manuscript basically shows or predicates that jesus was special because of his miracle working abilities and so in this article that was circulating uh in the 100 and so forth B- uh, ad it says here that uh, jesus had fun you know taking clays and making it into sparrows in fact the article says here verbatim that the child jesus grew when he was five years old was playing by the mountain stream and he collected waters from the pool and made them clear immediately uh, by a word alone obeying and the and the waters obeyed him and having made some clay he fashioned out of this clay 12 sparrows. I don't know where this fella got this from. But the pen of inspiration tells us this, that the powers of the mind of Christ developed gradually in keeping with the laws of childhood. In other words, the development of Jesus of Nazareth by all means was natural. Look at this. William Hamilton, born 1805, died in 1865 was a mathematician. He read Hebrew at the age of seven, studied Arabic, Persian, Greek, Latin, Syriac, and four other continental languages by the time he reached 12 years of age. William James Sidis, born 1898, died 1944, set a record in 1909 by becoming the youngest person to enroll at Harvard College at 11 years of age. Carl Goss made his first groundbreaking mathematical discoveries while still a teenager. Also at the age of three, watched his father add up his accounts and corrected him. Age three. Gabriel Carroll, born 1982, more recent, earned the highest SAT score at the the state of California. Including a perfect 800 in math in seventh grade. Eddie Moore, Majorana, born 1906, could multiply two three-digit numbers in his head in seconds. That is like 467 multiplied by 916. He did this in seconds. At the age of four, Sonny Sanwar could fluently read, write, and speak six languages by the age of eight and drew exceptionally detailed portraits By the age of seven, he finished four years of high school in eight months with honors and received a scholarship at Kansas University Engineering School at 16 and taught university courses in engineering at 21. This doesn't only apply for boys. Girls, too, are intellectually smart. Men. Michalila Fudelinga. Born 1991, finished college at the age of 16 years with a degree in physics, summa cum laude, and class, valedictorian in 2007 at the University of the Philippines. She entered the university at age 11. And to even drive the nail in the coffin, my eldest daughter, Monique Harding, did not get a B until her second year in high school, she left elementary, middle school, and high school with all A's except for one B. Her mother, by the way, is a school teacher. There isn't anything supernatural about what Jesus did here and his accomplishment and these accomplishments that we just listed. When the Bible tells us that God made man in his own image... It means exactly that. That when God created man, he created man with the ability to excel and to become more and more like God. Yet we find young people today aspiring, wanting to be like Mike. That is Michael Jordan. LeBron James, Stephen Curry, Beyonce, Oprah Winfrey, and even Barack Obama. We want to be like these. May I suggest something this morning to you young people be like god jesus said these words in matthew chapter 5 and verse 48 be ye therefore perfect as my father in heaven is perfect and speaking of jesus the apostle paul says though he were a son he learned obedience by the things he suffered he learned obedience and being made perfect jesus was made perfect he became the author of eternal salvation. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Jesus, my friends, was not born perfect. This might be shocking to some of you. He wasn't. He was sinless. He was not perfect when he was born. Character is not given, my friends. It is not a gift. It is formed. It must be developed. Even Adam and Eve, they were created perfect yet they had to develop a perfect character the tree of knowledge of good and evil was there for them to develop that perfection of character the tree of knowledge of good and evil was placed in the midst of the garden they were to see it and not touch it they were to learn look observe but do not touch with deep earnestness the mother of jesus watched the unfolding of his powers and beheld the impress of perfection upon his character with delight she sought to encourage jesus as he was developing parents are you teaching your children today to become more and more like jesus christ it is interesting to note that our savior jesus christ in childhood his mother was his first teacher did you know that his mother He did not attend the school of the rabbis and he became more and more like Christ as he learned from his mother and as he held communion with his father. The writer says here in Desire of Ages, page 68, that as a child, Jesus manifested a peculiar loveliness of disposition. His willing hands were ever ready to serve others. He manifested a patience that nothing could disturb. A truthfulness that would never sacrifice integrity. Christ Jesus had a principle, the writer says, that it was firm as a rock. You could not sway him. Forget about peer pressure. His life revealed the grace of unselfish courtesy. And despite all of this, he was just a wonderful person to be around. Jesus of Nazareth. He wasn't sulky like some of us. He made things glorious. You wanted to be around Jesus. He was always laughing, cheerful jesus developed and established a perfect character but christ coming to the earth the writer says lived as a man he lived a holy life and developed a perfect character this is de- desired desire of ages and then this is the punchline these he offers as a free gift to all of us who would receive them are you listening to me this morning the idea here is that since Christ accomplished perfection of character, we too can become like Jesus Christ. Came down to a world that he might give us a living example. That we might know how to live. That we might know how to keep the way of the Lord. Yet, we find that so many of us fail. Manuscript 6A, this is written in 1886. The writer says here that we must study and copy and follow Jesus. Then we shall bring his loveliness and beauty into our own character. The reason why some of us are so sulky and depressed all the time is because we have not met Jesus and we have not spent enough quality time with him. The apostle Paul says that I may know him. Then the writer says every child may gain knowledge as Jesus did. As we try to become more acquainted with our heavenly father through his word, angels, the writer says, will draw near to us. Our minds will be strengthened. Our characters will be elevated and refined. We shall become more like our savior. This, my friends, is the reality of things. As we live and move in his being as we become one with jesus christ as we spend time with him each day we become more and more like him which brings reality to the statement by beholding him we become changed into his likeness i want you to understand this morning that this is not far-fetched it is achievable there's a school of thought that we cannot get any better or much better than we are now and there are some who will tell you that, no, not until Christ return will our characters be changed. That idea deserves to be at the city dump. It's garbage. Counsels to parents, teachers, and students. What a fitting title. Page 33, the writer says, The Son of God was appointed to come to this earth to take humanity and by his own example to be a great educating power among men. He came to be an example, to be a great educating power, so that by observing Jesus Christ, we follow the things that he did. We practice what Christ... This is why it is important for us to read something about Jesus every day. The servant of the Lord encourages this. If you can't find it clearly in the King James Version... Read another version. But read something about Jesus Christ. If you're still confused, then go to the commentary. Read Desire of Ages. Read something about the life of Jesus Christ every day. Luke 2 verse 46 says, And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all they that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers when they saw him they were amazed three days in this instance my friends we find that Jesus was not only filled with wisdom but he also had both a desire to increase that wisdom and a readiness to communicate that wisdom to others watch this closely he did not hoard it for himself he was willing to get it and in like manner to spread it or to give it this is an example to children and young people today Who should learn of Christ and delight to be in the company of those who would do them good and choose to sit in the midst of doctors, theological doctors if you please, sociological doctors if you please, rather than sitting in the midst of the television all day and playing video games, Xbox and PlayStation. We should be learning of Jesus Christ from those who know about him. We should teach them. We should let them at an early age inquire after knowledge, my friends. And to associate themselves with those who are able to instruct them. Jesus asked question, the narrative says. He did. He returned answers to them, which were very surprising and astonishing. Yet the answers were also satisfactory. In other words, Christ gave the correct answers. His wisdom and understanding appeared as much in the question he asked as in the answers that he gave so that all who heard him were very astonished they never heard a young man like jesus christ speaking the way he did this wasn't only of christ david says in psalms 119 verse 99 and 100 i have more understanding than all my teachers why for thy testimonies the testimonies of god are my meditation i understand more Than the ancients. Because I keep the the precepts. Let me me explain something my friend. Let me elaborate here. That when you have a living. Vibrant active relationship with God. You excel in every area of life. Did you know that? Daniel says. And among them. Daniel chapter 1 verse 19. And among them all. Was found none like Daniel. Hananiah. Mishael. Azariah therefore stood they before the king and in matters, in all matters the Bible says of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them he found them not one, not two but ten times better than the magicians and astrologers what a remarkable difference could it be we're not excelling well in school young people is because we do not know God could it be that we're not spending enough time with him verse 48 says and when they saw him they were amazed they were astonished they were bewildered and his mother said unto him son why hast thou thus dealt with us why why behold thy father and i have sought thee sorrowing we're crying his mother now expresses how great they took the matter son why why did you do this to us they were freaking out because they lost jesus for a few days according to some scholars perhaps they were looking for him only two days because they lost sight of the facts that he was not with them after a day's journey and then they couldn't find him so then they traveled another day's journey back to jerusalem and then they were looking for him for about a day but whether it's two or three days the truth of the matter is they were looking for him sorrowing because they couldn't find him it wasn't his fault they were the parents. They were responsible. They lost him. He didn't lose them. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? We're talking about Jesus this morning. Herein he has left us another example. Children, young people, adults alike, those of us who are in conformity to Christ, those of us who have made a covenant to follow him by sacrifice should understand that we should attend to our heavenly father's business and to make all other business give way or secondary to it. The Bible tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. And all these things will be added unto us. Jesus was obedient to his father. And he was also simultaneously subjected to his parents. Look at the narrative. Look at verse 51. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth. Though he was keen to show that he was more about his father's business, yet he obeyed their order. Are you with me? And went down with them when they asked him to. Here's another example again, young people. Children ought to be respectful to their parents and obedient to them honor thy father and thy mother, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, that thy days may be long in the land. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. We're talking about Jesus this morning. The prophet Isaiah understood this. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, he says, For unto us... Not an adult, a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. For unto us a child is born, Isaiah says. This, my friends, speaks of his humanity. He was born. He was a real human being. My friends, I want you to understand this morning that Jesus was a human. He had flesh and blood. He had veins and tissues, organs and muscle. He was a literal, real person. What does this mean? So what? What is that saying to us this morning? It simply means, my friend, that he is intimately associated with humanity. The parents of Jesus, one writer says, was poor and depended upon their daily need. And Jesus was familiar with poverty self-denial and, and privation and this is why i believe the writer in philippines Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8 says and being formed and found in fashion, and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross why would god put himself through this why any idea why do you think jesus did this to put himself through this humiliation. My friends, I believe he did this so that he can understand what we go through. He knows our pain. Do you know that? That Jesus understands what you go through? He feels what we feel. He hurts just like we hurt. He knows our struggles and sometimes how hard we try. He understands the pressure of temptation. He recognizes the lure of the world. You think he has no understanding that after six days of toil, and you're now here at church, that you're tired and you just want to sleep? You think he doesn't understand that? Hebrew 4.15 says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin jesus my friends understands and so in understanding he says come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest he wants my friends to help us where we need help most he says take my yoke upon you matthew chapter 11 verse 29 and learn of me for i am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden, light. Then he tells us to come boldly as though we had never sinned. Hebrews 4, 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain, what? Mercy. Find grace to help in time of need. How could you not love someone like that? For unto us a child is born. Isaiah says unto us a son is given. Christ is the gift of God to humanity. This is why we repeat all over, over and over and over again. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We understand and we know that because God loves, he gives and he gave us the best gift Of all time, Jesus Christ. God gave Christ to us. And now, my friends, I want us to understand that Christ now belongs to us. Not only now, but throughout eternity. Did you know that? Christ will be with us through the ceaseless age of eternity. Not in heaven, but here in the earth made new. Matthew chapter 1, the Bible says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which simply means God with us. It is a wonderful thing to know and to understand that God is with us. The full manifestation of God is through Jesus Christ, and he is with us. Of all the places that one could be, the Bible is telling us that Christ, our Savior, wants to be with us. He wants to dwell with us. He wants to live with us. This is why he told Moses, let them build me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. And sometimes we, we miss the concept, we miss the idea, and we think that church work, church-related work, uh, is devoid of Jesus. And so we come and we do the work of the Lord, and we forget the Lord of the work. Uh, sometimes we miss the mark because we think it's just another day in Zion. Not realizing that it is not about fellowship, it is about worship and communion. He wants to dwell with us young people. Christ wants to hang out with you for the rest of his life. Christ wants to spend his life with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Listen to the words of Jesus in his prayer and the moments leading up to his prayer. John chapter 14, he says, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. John 14, 3, that where I am, there ye may be also. Then now in his prayer, he says, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. Jesus wants to be with us. It's all about relationship, my friends. It's not about do's and don'ts. It is about knowing Christ's About having him a part of our life. God is love. And this is why he wants to express and to share his love with us. And for us to reciprocate that love back to him. It is mutual my friends. The entire universe understands this principle. Except one writer says the selfish heart of man. We would rather do other things rather than spending time with Jesus Christ. And some things are more exciting. Some things are more pleasing. Some things seems to be m- more rewarding, my friends, than spending quality time with Jesus. It is all a fatal flaw. There's nothing more important than that, than spending time with Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in John chapter 15 and verse 13 that no greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. He did this so that he could be with us forever. Isaiah says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And his name shall be wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I present to you this morning, my friends, Jesus. Jesus! Nothing else but Jesus. What a title, my friend for a child what a title wonderful is his name counselor when you've got no one to talk to you can talk to jesus the mighty god when you've got problems that no one else can solve turn it over to jesus learned this morning of a young man who needs a transplant may i suggest this morning that his doctor will be jesus Jesus is the great physician. He can handle all of those things. The everlasting father. He's like a father to us. A good father. If the child needs a gift, he will give us a gift that is good for us. And he wouldn't give us a stone, would he? He is the prince of peace. He tells his disciples, he told them then that his peace that he will leave with us. The peace, not the peace that the world does not understand. He gives us the peace. The prince of peace will give us a peace that surpasseth understanding. There is no other name like Jesus. And so the immortal words of the songwriter says, sweet name, dear name, there is no other name like Jesus. Some of us don't understand that, but some of you do, and I know that. Some of us spend so much time with Jesus. You know what I'm talking about this morning. Do I have a witness here this morning? Do you know who I'm talking about this morning? Jesus, the writer says, In desire of ages. Was the fountain of healing mercy for the world. One songwriter says. You take the world. But give me Jesus. Are you with me this morning? I don't care about anything else. Just give me Jesus. David understood this. He says. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Give me Jesus. The pangs of death surrounding us but if you could just have the assurance that Jesus is with you we hear the story all the time the writer seeing one footprint in the sand worried where was Jesus all along he was carrying you in his arms Jesus he was pleading he knew that he was a solution to life's problems he offered himself John says so sadly he came unto his own his own received him not what a deception we looking for satisfaction and joy and happiness in the wrong places I don't know about you but I love to think about Jesus all throughout the day I get up in the morning, the first thing I do, even before I brush my teeth, my friends, I got to have a little talk with Jesus. And then, you know, um, I've been practicing this now, you know, for health reasons. It's good to stay healthy, especially when you're getting up there in age. I walk in the mornings for about an hour. And I'll tell you this, man, all through that walk, I'm talking to Jesus. It's, it's, it's becoming such an exciting thing that I look forward to it. When I get back home, I still spend a little time with Jesus. I leave, I I talk to him again. When I get to work, I talk to him. You know, when I say I work, excuse me, I got to go to the restroom, not to rest. I just got to talk to Jesus. And throughout the day, I'm talking with him. And I'm practicing this, and it's becoming a part of me. And Jesus, to me, my friends, is becoming more than anything else in the whole world. I'll tell you this, try it. The songwriter says, And the things of this world will go strangely dim. You had better believe that. I am telling you that. I am sure of that. I am telling you it will grow strangely dim. Things that you think were so important no longer. Jesus becomes your joy and pride. And when people say you did a great job, you say, thank you, Jesus. Jesus. The writer says that He was the fountain of healing, mercy for the world. And through all those secluded years at Nazareth, his life flowed out in currents of sympathy and tenderness. The age, the sorrowing when he was here. The sin burden the children at play in their innocent joy. The little creatures of the groves, my friends. The patient beasts, even the animals, were happier in the presence of Jesus. This is magnificent, my friends. This is the best story that you could hear. He whose word of power upheld the worlds. When Jesus was here, the writer says that he stooped to relieve even the little bird. There was nothing beneath his notice. Nothing to which he disdained to minister. He ministered to men and animals and even plants. Desire of ages, page 74. There is nobody, my friends, like Jesus. God with us. God in human form. We don't know him. We don't spend enough time with him. And after all those years, again I repeat it over and over, the Apostle Paul crying out that I may know him. Through the ceaseless age of eternity, we will forever be knowing more and more about him. How could one be so benevolent and kind and loving despite what we have done to him? this is shocking yet true the writer says that there will come a time when there will be no more sickness death sorrow for those things will be passed away in the book of revelation we read in the closing chapters where jesus says he will wipe away all tears from our eyes he says that he will he will make a new heaven and a new earth no more cancer no more diabetes no more arthritis he will do this No more locking your doors because of wicked men. No more IRS bill collectors can't even answer your phone. I call you, you can't answer it, you're not familiar with the number, you think it's a bill collector. It's madness. And everybody's a bill collector and you miss important phone calls. You know what I'm talking about. We're living in a stressful world and we seem to be in chain. Can't get out of it. Jesus is the answer. Too many people have been looking in the wrong places for the solution to life's difficulties. We go to psychologists, psychiatrists, analysts. We go to counselors, both on the inside and out, to seek help. When they have failed, we check Google, the World Wide Web, looking for answers to life problems and no answer, my friends. I present to you this afternoon, Jesus of Nazareth. He's our friend. And after he have made a new heaven and a new earth, the writer says that every trace of sin, every trace of sin will be gone, except there is an except four things scar tissues, scars on his forehead, scars in his hands, scars on his side and scars on his feet. Those will be the only traces of sin that will be left. My friends, who made those scars? We did. The universe will always remember the love of God because of what we did. But time will heal all wounds. Jesus will heal that wound. We won't be so sorry anymore. We will love him more because of what he did. There is nobody like Jesus. I don't don't know what else to say my friends. Try him for yourself. All too long my friends. All too long we've been having a profession of godliness. But denying the power thereof. We have been coming to church. Attending its services. And doing the work of the Lord on the outside, and yet many of us do not know Jesus for ourselves. All too long, the time is now, the day is now, we will turn a new page. Today, I present to you Jesus of Nazareth. Today, my friends, in closing, I want you to understand something. He understands. He knows what we're going through. I want you to disregard the misconception and the lies that Satan has been telling. That he is disappointed in in, in us because we have failed so many times. My friends, just think about it. We were not good and then became rogue and went bad. No, no. We were born in the mess. Are you with me? David says that I was born in sin and shapen in iniquity. We were born guilty. We were born rotten and wretched. We were born condemned to die. We had no place in it. We didn't cause it. We were not responsible for our condemnation. He understands this. He knows that we were born guilty. And so my friends, when we sin, he knows. He knows why. We sin because every fabric, every cell, every muscle have been tainted with sin and sinners sin. He is saddened because he offers the remedy which is himself and we neglect it. Jesus offers himself, his life, his example to us, to strengthen us from sin my friends I present to you this morning Jesus of Nazareth may God bless you thank you for listening to today's message we are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives if you have a story to share of how God is working in your life please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org as the Holy Spirit impresses you you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesd8.org.